Havarim, Shalom, Shalom. James Whitman here, and it is my privilege to welcome you to this September 2022 audio recording, and it's meant to be a conversation, one that will edify you, encourage you, and really engage you in a subject that you all know that I'm passionate about. And I want to introduce my conversation partner. This is our oldest daughter, Rosalind Grace, and she's going to introduce our subject. Hello, Havarim. Hello, Dad. It's so wonderful to be here with you and um, with all of you, because we feel that you're really here with us in this conversation. And it's just so exciting to be discussing, like you said, um, a, a subject that is near and dear to your heart. And that was very evident even in our family growing up, the fall feast cycle, really the biblical feast cycle in general. But here we are in September coming up on the fall feast specifically. So we are thrilled to be kind of diving into that today and just talking a little bit about the rhythm, why it's important, why we still honor some of these things, um, not out of obligation, but really out of opportunity, because it's an invitation from the Holy One, the creator of all things for us to enter more intentionally into that relationship with him and with others and with ourselves. So excited to be here today. At the Center for Judaic Christian Studies, whether you have been with us for 20 years or more, whether you are have just signed up uh, to receive our weekly devotionals or our monthly messages, it, it applies to all of us. The Bible, this story of God, this revelation of the holy is chock-a-block full of spiritual opportunities. And we want to be really careful with that language because often in Jewish roots conversations, it moves into obligation. If not stated directly, right. it's implied. Mm-hmm. To be Havarim is to be engaged in ministry. You realize there's no hierarchy. Mm-hmm. At the same time, a large group of our constituents are missionaries, they're pastors, they're serving in high-level capacities, elders, um, they're Bible teachers. And we all know, and this is kind of one thing JC Studies specializes in, we all know that there's a fine line between laying burdens on people or Mm -hmm. giving them opportunities to walk deeper into blessing. And on this subject of the fall feast, we're talking blessing, aren't we? Yes, yes, we are indeed. You know, this was a time growing up that was met with a lot of anticipation for the Feast of Tabernacles in particular, which we'll get to, but I know we're going to kind of touch on all the points that lead up to that. But just, I just remember it being a time of a lot of celebration and, you know, of course, dancing and worship um, and song and word and a real community event. Um, So I, I love how the feast connect us to a greater community. And it's not just about this individual journey and relationship with me and Jesus, but it's also how to activate an entire community around the feast and around the rhythm of the story of God and our place in it as a people. Because, of course, that's what we're grafted into um, as Gentiles, into this greater uh, people of, of God, the Israelites. And so we get their whole story becomes our story and history as well. So tell us a little bit more about why this is important for the everyday follower of Jesus who's just doing their best, you know, day in and day out. 
I'm captivated, Rosalind, by the whole idea of these three pilgrim feasts. So you have Passover, um, Pesach, in the spring, 50 days later, you have Pentecost, Shavuot. Then about six months later, um, the cycles replayed with some fresh dynamics, which we're going to hone in on. Uh, and it centers around the pilgrim feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot. Now, I've always been captivated. Once my template of Old Testament law versus New Testament grace was lifted, and I realized that God's a God of grace, right. and with grace comes demands, laws, it really captivated me that this whole feast thing was in there. What is this all about? Mm-hmm. And as we prepare, and you mentioned to people, you know, and this is one of the hardest things, and I'm addressing you, Habarim, out there, because you, I hear this from you regularly. Is there a congregation in my area that does these kinds of things? And I know many of you are in mm-hmm. weekly, maybe tourist studies. Um, I'm sorry for those of you who don't have a community expression like we do in Dayton, where there is a Messianic Christian congregation that values and celebrates things like the feast. Um, stay tuned because we're going to tell you how you can tap into that coming up uh, in October. But I do, I do, I'm sensitive to the fact that that's not there for you. And that's why we have the Hovering Community online so that we at least have a, a place we can touch base and we can feel these rhythms together. So, but to your question, why, Rosalind, I was musing and I really believe the Spirit of Jesus brought to my mind and my heart in power. When he's with the woman at the well in John 4, so familiar, the language, I was reminded that, you know, we're counseled to ask, knock, seek. And we talk a lot about our seeking God. But here in this conversation, Jesus flips the script and he says to a seeker, do you know the father is seeking? Hmm. And I'm reminded that everything to do with the father is a capital letter, and we're the we're the little letter. <laughs> we're the little s seek, seekers. He's the capital S seeker, and what is he seeking for? Mm-hmm. Worshippers, mm-hmm. those that will receive his message, who receive him, who want to know him, and he, in humility, with repentance, receive his presence. Mm-hmm through the sacrifice and the life again of Jesus, see, wow. receive the master with us, within us, mm-hmm. and to walk out that truth. He's looking for followers. He's looking for family. He's looking for coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really struck me. And here's why. He knows what we're up against. Rosalind, wouldn't you agree with this? There is nothing in the world outside of Christian people gathered that are going to encourage and equip you to worship the Father in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, we're in a world and culture that's anti that at pretty much every level. Hostile to grace. Right. So brothers and sisters, that's our life. We're being buffeted. Uh, we're being beaten down. We're being tempted and challenged at every level. And I see, Rosalind, in the feast, the festivals, I see a a foretaste of incarnation. 
I see the father saying, look, at, I am with you. And I know what you're up against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust me. Walk with me. And so these festivals become a time of, of spiritual seeking, an intensity of course correction. Mm. And I think this yeah. really comes to life in the fall feast. Yeah, I love that. I love the, well, the idea of course correction, you know, that was, that was something that I, really the concept of repentance I have this image of you teaching us um, and kind of guiding us as children, as kids about the whole concept, again, the concept of repentance and it being a turning from something and a turning to something else. So it's not just a turning from, you know, a lot of times we kind of stop there like, okay, well, I'm never, I'm never going to do that again, (laughs) but what is it that we're going to replace it with? What is it that we're going to turn to? What is it that's going to capture our attention? instead of instead of the sin or instead of the you know missing the mark piece so that's that's that course correction that you're saying and of course with the day of atonement and some of these you're going to talk through the the calendar of what that looks like in the days to come but they're just opportunity after opportunity to do that turning from and the connection of the turning to piece um and that course correction like you're saying it's a real and you even had this image where we'd be facing one way and then oof we get a little, you know, maybe a, a tap and then we we do the 180 and we'd be suddenly jumped around and now we're going the other direction. Because that's that that's what the grace of the father does. It 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 takes us up from where we are standing and puts us on another path, a better path, a path of blessing and abundance and grace. Amazing, right? There's the little F father's lesson pointing to yeah. the capital F father's lesson because as a father, I, my, my wife and I included, we wanted so much more for you than you could imagine. Mm-hmm. So how much mm-hmm. more? Right. And so this turning to is actually the secret sauce <laughs> in repentance. Mm-hmm. Oh, if only we could get this, what the father has prepared for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And when we hear prep language, we always think next, the next facet of life, entering into the fullness of eternal life. But that's not the father. He says, let's do this here and now. Right. We don't have to wait. The things no eye has seen, no ear has heard. You can know more about that today. Oh, that's exciting. Hovering, we want to be super practical because God is super practical. So we want to talk a little bit about the fall feast and where we could possibly go together as a community. Yeah. So why don't you share then a little rundown? Because I'm glad you didn't quiz me earlier. I I mean, I think I get the three main pilgrimage feast but like the time distance you know in between them and how the flow of all that and of course we're we're not legalistic here so you you're off a day or two you know no one there's not gonna be any lightning bolts that strike you down um why don't you give us a kind of a road map of what the next month month and a half looks like when it comes to the particularities of the fall feast um, that we're entering into 
Great. Yeah. So guys get a calendar out or, or just listen and think through this rhythm. Remember when you come, we've been saying fall feasts, plural, you start with the pilgrim feast tabernacles. That's the goal. That's what we're aiming at or the telos. It's the end. Then our good father does something very interesting. He gives us means to an end and adds a plural to the idea of the big festival. And it is known as the feast because we're going to back up in time and the fall festivals begin with this mysterious day of blowing and it, the feast of trumpets. And you've probably heard of it as Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. And there's much here to unpack. And I'm going to do a fall feast workshop that you can come and you can attend on your own timeline. It'll be online. Hope you can be live but you can always tap into that later. And we'll go into a little more detail. But the fall feast cycle begins with this day of blowing and that's September 26th. Aren't you guys glad you're getting this in the first week of September and you can kind of get your schedule ready to tune into this. By the way, that's where I recommend you start. If you're really new and you're going, I'm just a little lost here. We're gonna send an article out with our newsletter uh, Dwight wrote, it's classic, it's called God's Got Rhythm. And he gives a fall feast <laughs> overview, like the score of a symphony. And I love that. Just all we're asking is tune into it. Mm-hmm. And we want to help give you ways to do that together in community. Uh, you will experience spiritual renewal if you do. When you take that to heart, I want to worship in spirit and truth. Give me a restart. Mm-hmm. Doesn't everybody want to do over? <laughs> and and the Jewish community through the years was so wise on this day of trumpets they said this is going to be our spiritual new year mm-hmm. so yeah. the Bible has several times to begin again again I, I love that I'm I'm all about the new year resolutions and the let's wipe the slate clean and start afresh so that the fact that there's multiple points in the calendar here that God gives us opportunities for that let alone, of course, his mercies are new every morning, every day we get to, we get to have that kind of fresh start as well in the kingdom. But, but I love that there's some of these really big points throughout the year that we can kind of grab hold of and make them our own. It's energy from the spirit. I, it's, it's wonderful to hear you reflect. September 26th is the day of trumpets. Now it inaugurates a 10 day countdown to the feast of atonement or well, the day, excuse me, it's, 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 a, it's a different dynamic within the feast cycle, the day of atonement, and that's on October 5th. Are you with me? Trumpets, September 26th, 10-day countdown to, to the day, sobering day of atonement on October 5th. After the day of atonement, there's a five-day countdown or build up to preparing your little temporary dwelling and getting ready to celebrate with unbridled joy a seven-day feast of tabernacles that begins on October 10th. There's a mysterious eighth and final day of the feast. He adds a day as if to say, I'm liking this so much. I'm going to add another day. Encore. (laughs) Yep, yep. And the Jewish community, again, in wisdom through the ages, picked up on this and said, oh, we're loving it like he loves it. So we're going to start the Torah cycle all over 
on Simchat Torah, which is on the, the next day after the last and greatest day of the feast. So one more time, we have September 26, the blowing of the trumpet or the shofar. You have 10 high holy days or days of awe that culminate in the day of atonement. Then you have five days preparation for the Feast of Tabernacle, which is a seventh nay and eighth day celebration. And then the whole Bible reading schedule resets. So quick question here. This is a little off script, but it popped into my mind when you were walking through those, because I think this is a question that I get sometimes from people who encounter this new rhythm. Um, well, not new, ancient rhythm that some people are just discovering for the first time. What does the Day of Atonement look like for those of us who are under the blood of Jesus? What's that kind of dynamic? What does it look like in the New Covenant? Okay, I'm going to give you just a taster um, <laughs> because I want those of you who are listening to us, I want you to come into the Hovering Community Online where we're going to do this entire cycle together. We'll have the blowing of the shofar. We'll have the priestly blessing said over you every day in Hebrew and in English. We're going to carefully count those 10 days with moments of reflection, repentance, um, all aiming at the Feast of Tabernacles. Rosin, what a great question. Let's just put these two things together. The Day of Atonement, the most sobering day in God's biblical calendar, mm -hmm. followed by the Feast of Tabernacles, the most high and, and celebratory day that enters into a multi-day. If we just put mm -hmm. those things together, we, we get a, a feeling for what our Father's saying. Directly to your point for Christians, I think the 10 days of awe are a fresh opportunity to reflect repent and recalibrate on what the blood of Jesus has done, is doing, and will do mm. in our lives. Mm -hmm. And remember, when we talk blood of Jesus, we're also talking resurrection, crucifixion, resurrection, two sides of one coin. Right. But to humble ourselves of what God has done and what, what it cost in order to be free of the things that encumber us, the things that are us, causing us trouble and traumatizing us, to get to the place of the Day of Atonement where we can intercede for others. Now watch this. This is a mystery. The Day of Atonement, biblically speaking, right there in the text, is to pray for the people of God. Mm -hmm. It's not a day. It's not an individual day. Mm -hmm. And if you look at this cycle, you'll realize you're ready for the day of atonement. Yeah. You're not getting ready for it. You're ready to participate in it. Now watch this. Let me say this again, folks. This is important. You're not spending 10 days trying to get ready for some kind of judgment mm -hmm. on the day of atonement. Mm -hmm. When you hear that shofar sound, you enter into judgment and you walk with God daily and let him do his good work in us now. Wouldn't you rather be judged now than later? Yeah. Wouldn't you rather be yes. forgiven now than later? Yes. Again, we're so stuck mm. in Christian theology and our, mm. our under-informed thinking of 
now and then. And we throw things in the then category that God wants in the now category. The yeah. day of atonement wow. is when we fast and we pray, I would say, right in line with the Bible for the historic people of God, our Jewish brothers and sisters, and we pray for the church. Mm -hmm. God has mercy on the church, universal. Mm. Many lessons to grasp, but um, that one I think is at the top of the list. Yeah, yeah, that was really helpful. Thank you. Um, so much freedom. I'm just hearing freedom over and over again. And I personally, you know, as far as kind of grasping a hold of the of the feast cycle for myself and for my new family and household, what the thing I love about it is that it often feels like as Christians, we don't have a guidebook. <laughs> we don't have clear clear maybe points throughout the year other than Easter and Christmas um, and some of the more liturgical liturgical expressions that follow kind of the the church calendar that was established later <laughs> um, yeah. after Jesus um, so I love getting to go back into our roots really and that's what Hebrew roots are all about right our Hebraic roots is getting to reconnect with some of those and realize that oh no this is th there there's a gift in the way that God wired creation, like literally from the created order, because of course, Sabbath is one of the first feasts that's kind of ordained. It's this weekly Absolutely. idea of rest and celebration and calibration and relationship. Um, so it's, it's right there from the beginning. And it's something, again, it's just opportunity. Like you said, you're, in grace, there's opportunity. And um, this is this is not a have to, but it's for sure a get to. And why wouldn't you want to? Like once you get once you get your mind wrapped around some of these things, of course, they're it's a little confusing at first, and there's things to work through based on what we've been taught in the past and unpacking some of that. But why wouldn't you want to enter in to this invitation from our Creator, our Savior, our King, to to more? to more blessing, to more abundance, to more forgiveness, to more of experiencing him now, like you said, and not waiting until someday, you know, in, in the end of all things where, where we will get to see in fullness. Um, but we get to taste that and experience that now. So that's, that's freedom. Um, and that's really exciting. So, so as we kind of continue on in this conversation, we think through ways that we get to participate in the feast cycle. You mentioned some of them before with the hovering community online um, and some of the ways that we're going to walk through that and have some have some points that we get to gather together. Do you want to explain that in any more detail about what the opportunities for hovering to participate this year will be as one large community? I like your words opportunity and I like that word grace Remember, brothers and sisters, we insert that into the Hebrew language. It's the word chesed, and it means the loving kindness of God, the steadfast love of God. It's not a substance that is somehow um, extracted from God. It is. It comes with his presence. This is who he is mm -hmm. at his holy, holy, holy core. Um, and I, I, I like how you pointed out one of the disconnects for us as followers of Jesus we don't understand royal priesthood language, which inserts us right back into these ancient paths, uh, which Jewish roots help us tap into it. But we must always remember, too, that we're now doing it in Jesus and by the work of his spirit, 
Mm-hmm. And so Ross and I've been, um, and I go right to the heart of your question. I, I've really been thinking a lot about spiritual minimalism. Um, in my pastoral career, I've worked with so many people and faith gets so complex for them. Let's face it, we have 66 books that span thousands of years in multiple cultures and languages. The beauty of it is it is all telling one unified story that are highlighted by the feast, that God's the creator. He's the God of the Exodus. He's the covenant maker. He sends his son to inaugurate a new Exodus. And in him, he leads us into the first fruits of a new creation. Uh, that is going to expand into that the life eternal the, or the life everlasting. We'll experience that eternal life. So there is a even wow. though with the, amidst all the confusion, there's a clear message from God. These feasts to help us understand, and that's what we want to emphasize. So look at one thing, and I want to say this by way of kind of being apologetic, but not really. One of the things that's hard about JC studies is we offer so much stuff; it can be confusing and a little overwhelming. We just have a wealth of um, Bible teaching that is connecting the Testaments and helping us um, articulate and anchor biblical faith for such a time as this. We're not only called to proclaim our faith, we're called to preserve it. We're handing our faith down to the next generation. And this is the foundation that everything is built on. So Rosalind, to make it spiritually minimalist, We've got a page called jcstudies.com forward slash Sukkot, S-U-K-K-O-T, S-U-K-K-O-T, and we'll have the link for you in the update and on the site. You click on that link, it will give you the the overview, it'll give you the link to click into the Hovering Community Online, which is a, our social network. It's completely private and secure. It's hosted by Mighty Networks. But we like this because this is the close we can, closest we can get to being together, though apart. In Mighty Network, we're going to have the schedule for you to tune in to. So you can feel the, on September 26th, you're going to be able to jump into that community, hear the sounding of the shofar. Like I said, the priestly blessing will be there. We'll have simple reflections from the scriptures centered around the book of Hebrews that you're going to have one each day. And and first of all, I love you. Don't feel like, oh my gosh, another thing in my life. I can't handle that. (laughs) Please don't do that. There's freedom. There's freedom. This is an opportunity. The the app makes it real easy for you to do because you don't have to go through browsers and stuff. You just tap on the app. You're in. You're right in that area. And it gives you a chance to contribute. Uh, Maybe you have a thought. Maybe you're being stirred. Maybe you want to open up and say today, you know, I'm, I'm giving up. I'm turning from. And I'll tell you about some of the things in the community that I'm turning from for those 10 days it's turning from and turning towards some of it can be things that are neutral or things that are not even harmful, but you're just setting them aside because you want to be a worshiper and in fresh new ways, you want to hear the one who's seeking you to worship him in spirit and truth. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, I will have a fall feast workshop that you can watch that will go in detail and get you ready for these things. You'll have 10 days of exercises that you can participate in. We will gather all day long. Another beautiful thing about being virtual, although it's no, no substitute for being actual, 
but people from all over the world hovering can weigh in at whatever time is right for them, and they can offer up their prayers on the Day of Atonement. We're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We're to pray for God to have mercy on his compromised church. We're going to pray that God will lift up true believers. We're going to pray for the world that she will know the greatness of her creator and her, their covenant maker. And then we've got some special things for Sukkot, which are going to help you celebrate. I'm not going to go into detail now. We're going to wrap this up. But remember, jcstudies.com forward slash Sukkot, S-U-K-K-O-T. will give you the overview. It'll give you the link to get in the Mighty Network. If you're already there, you don't need it. You'll just maybe jump back in the Mighty Network hoveringcommunityonline.org. That's in the newsletter. It'll be in the emails as well. And make sure that you, uh, Rosalind's refreshed it. Make sure you get in there and update those types of things. And so, and then we'll have something for the last and greatest day of the feast. And we will have um, something for the, the restart of the Taurus cycle. Now, one thing more, Rosalind, can I do one more thing? Okay. All right. I want to tell you guys, I'm so excited. Our good friend, Lois Verberg is joining us here in Dayton oh, for the Feast of Tabernacles. Yes. Yes, and yes. you're going to be able to live stream the, the celebratory Church of the Messiah event, as well as the lectures from Lois. So don't miss any of this. jcstudies.com forward slash Sukkot. Well, that all sounds amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to participate. It's really helpful um, to have some of these rhythms that we can even engage with together. So I love that idea of an online community. I will be there. So I hope to see some of you and um, hear some of your reflections as we, as we go through this together, because we are God's people and we get, that's, that's the neat thing about a shared rhythm like this is we all get to go through it together. It's, it's a similar path that we're on. And so that, that's, it's a celebratory season and I'm looking forward to it. Rosalind, it's so nice to have you here today. Thank you for your time. I'm looking forward to more of these conversations. Me too. Um, and you shared with me a poem that I asked you to share with Havarim in closing um, because it resonates with the text from Hebrews that I want to offer up at the as the as the official end of this conversation. So Havarim, thank you very much for being with us. Rosalind's going to read that poem. I'm going to read the text. And we all say, speak Hebrew and say, amen. Amen. <laughs> um, yeah, just, just a little context. This is a poem from Mary Oliver called The Summer Day. It's the second half of it. And it, it struck me. I've been, I've been using it as part of my meditations in this season as we get closer to the Day of Atonement. Um, because I've just been, I've experienced a lot of grief and loss and been processing that and kind of just thinking about end of life realities, you know, I think that's a, that's a part of our journey here is to consider these things. And so the question on my mind has really been one of what's this all about? What's, what's the purpose? What's the point? And so I want to read this to you and then I'll, I'll, I'll follow up. And then like you said, we'll close with Hebrews. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, 
What is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Hmm. I love that. <laughs> what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? And she's, of course, talking about just paying attention um, to creation and being outdoors. And I think that's, that's a great thing to do at this, in this time of year. But I think the gift in Jesus that I keep coming back to is that we get to ask that question in the first place, that he has an answer for it. And that, like we mentioned before, we get to ask it now and not wait till the end of our life to say, what, it, what did I do with my life? You know, and it's these times of periodic intentional reflection um, where we get to experience judgment now, we get to experience forgiveness and grace and mercy now, and we get to have the door open to us of what a full purpose looks like when we're living with King Jesus in the kingdom and, and being his co-laborer um, to see heaven here on earth right now, right here today. So I, I love that um, there are these opportunities to evaluate the path that we're on and to make these course corrections as we go rather than waiting till someday in the future. So thank you for letting me share that. Me too. And thank you, Kavarim. Writer Hebrews has the last word here in chapter 10, verse 20, starting with verse 21. We have a high priest who is over God's house. Let us therefore come to worship with a true heart in complete assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold on tightly to our confession of hope without being diverted. The one who announced the message to us is trustworthy. Hmm. Let us as well stir up one another's minds to energetic effort in love and good works.